0: Scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 25. Sorry. Now, when we heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. In the, in the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region, the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother. In the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, And they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, as we consider the state of COVID and uh, the pandemic on the island, Lord, we just want to ask, we want to lift our island up to you, Lord, and ask for your blessing on us. Lord, we pray that you would ultimately do your will. And at the same time, we pray for your protection, Father. Father, we pray for the Marshall family today as they bury their father. Pray that you would be with the family and be gracious in your mercy for them. Pray for Pastor Paul and jimico as they are leading our church. Pray for Paul as he brings his your word today. I pray that you would he would just be a conduit for you, and you would speak directly into our hearts through him, Father. I pray that our worship this morning would be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Good morning. Well, it's good to be seen by you this morning, and, uh, and thank you, Zach, for that reading this morning and uh, for the for the prayers and, and would, you, would you pray for me as well as I officiate that funeral at three o'clock today down at uh, St. Paul's um, and also for the visitation that will be held here from 1.30 uh, to 2.30 for the public and so if you could be uh, praying for us that would be uh, greatly appreciated as we minister to the family. Well this is still this isn't ideal is it? It doesn't have the same Excitement of when we when we gather together in person, and 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 I get that. So so right now you may be feeling a little bit of the of the blahs, you know. Oh man, another. uh, It's only been two, but another online service. That's what it feels like to me. Another online service. It's only been two. Well, it still feels like that. And so uh, so Lord, let's just let's just pause for a moment, and and let's just ask the Lord to help us to to see Him as we look into the pages of, of his word, and, and to just take away those blahs, to, to help us to feel a level of freshness and excitement. Would you, would you join with me in a moment of prayer? Father, as, as this last two years really has, has, has been one of ups and downs, and currently we feel in a bit of a down at the moment, uh, Father, we pray that, as we look into your word this morning, you would, you would help us to have, have fresh eyes, to see, see the beauty and the excitement of Jesus Christ. And, and Father, as, as we do so, may it encourage us, and, and as, as we sang this morning, may love lift us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you have a device or Bible in front of you Matthew chapter 4, and this, this uh, passage at the end of Matthew chapter 4 is an important one as it, as it leads us into the, the greatest uh, recordings of Jesus' teaching uh, that we have in all four Gospel accounts. This sets up the stage of, of the audience that Jesus would have had, and clearly outlines Many aspects of his mission as well. We're going to look at humanity in darkness and Jesus as the light shining into that darkness. We're going to see Jesus' authority and how he shows it, as well as what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. So we start in the region of Galilee. Right, this, is, this is the area around the Sea of Galilee. And this region is, is approximately 70 miles by 40 miles, just to, so you can sort of maybe uh, get a, a spatial idea of it. it uh, the, uh, the ancient historian Josephus estimated, well, recorded, that there were approximately 200 cities or villages in this, in this Galilee region and it's estimated at that time to have had about 3 million people in those, in those dwelling in that area. Uh, one of the reasons for this population was, well first a source of fresh water and, and also uh, the source, a source of fish, a source of food. And, and also the peace that the Roman Empire brought to that particular region. There are not just Jews living in this region, but you have many, many non-Jewish people as well. We're told that, that Jesus is here because the prophet Isaiah had been told this by God. It's found in Isaiah nine, and, and the passage is all about the Messiah or, or the coming king, and, and that that coming king is the mighty God. So these Old Testament quotations, and that's what, we, we, that's what Zach read there uh, to start off the passage, these Old Testament quotations are, are important because they help us to see Jesus not as some new concept of the day, but the fulfillment of what God had promised long ago. God's plan for humanity's rescue is, is unfolding. And here's the words of Isaiah that Matthew quotes. It's in verse 15 and 16 of Matthew chapter 4. The land of Zebulun in the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in that region, the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. So the people here are described as dwelling in darkness. And, and that darkness, we're told, is associated with death, right? The shadow of death. So this, this area, again, is that combination of, of both Jews and non-Jews. So, so it's, it's not, this isn't a condemnation on a, on a particular group of people. It's not just like, okay, yeah, the Jews aren't condemned, but the non-Jews are condemned. No, in this region here that, that's, that Isaiah gives prophecy about is, is, is a mix of people, uh, of different nationalities. And so, so it's a condemnation on all humanity. The, the concept of humanity dwelling in, in darkness is actually a biblical theme. That, that begins back in, in Genesis chapter three. But it goes, it goes deeper than, than just the wickedness that we often see on, on the news. Our, our hearts, our hearts are darkened. That's, that's, that's our inner being, right? That's, that's who we are. We're, we're, there's, a, there's an element of darkness to us but that makes that makes sense though doesn't it i, I feel like that makes sense because perhaps, perhaps you've personally experienced when when you do something that you can't believe you you actually did and and you you, you didn't like it at all and so so after you did it you, you know you you responded uh, you responded with well well that's that's not me or or i i, I just don't know what came over me the reality is that that is you. That is you, right? What's in your heart comes, eventually comes out. And that's you, but that's also everybody else. So you're in broad company, too. But when Jesus comes on the scene, we're told a great light shines into that darkness. Now, now think about light, just generally. Think about light shining into darkness. You know, as, as I kind of considered that, there were there were three things that came to mind. Okay? It first of all, it it grabs our attention and it draws us in, doesn't it? I don't know if you've ever been to you know, like a, a theater production, but but they use they use lights to their advantage, right? Like spotlights. They'll shine a spotlight over here. And what happens? Well, you don't, you don't look the other way. You automatically turn and you focus on that particular spot that's illuminated. Secondly, it, light shows us what's really there. Right? We, we can't discern correctly in the dark. It, it's, it's only when, when you know, we flip on a light in a room that we can navigate you know, around the furniture. Right? Unless you've memorized it, like I'm sure some of you have in your own homes. But if you're in someone else's home, you turn on the light so you can see where you're going. And thirdly, it, it, light also gives us a, a sense of comfort and warmth. Doesn't it? There's, 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 there's a fear and, and uncertainty associated with darkness. And, and light dispels that. It takes it away. Boy, this, this is really a beautiful picture of, of Jesus himself. And he, he, he gets our attention. He draws us in. He, he shows us what's really there. He gives us that sense of warmth and comfort. Now, now look at verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So here we have Jesus continuing the the message of John the baptizer. In in the temptation account that we looked at last week, uh, we saw that Jesus proved that he was the light, by passing that that initial testing time, showing that, in fact, in him was no darkness at all. He doesn't doesn't succumb to any of the temptations. Now, now you might be wondering why Jesus maybe didn't change his message from John's message. John said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, Jesus, if you're the king, why don't you just say, well, the kingdom of heaven has come. Well, even though the king is here, the, the kingdom is still not yet. You have to enter the kingdom. And Jesus must lead his people into that kingdom. And to, so to say it's here is, is premature. This gets us thinking about the, the ancient nation of Israel. You know, it was, it was not Moses that led his people, God's people, into the promised land, right? Mo- Moses led them around in, in the wilderness wanderings for 40 years, but, but he didn't lead them into the promised land. It, it was, uh, it's interesting that Joshua is the one who leads them across the Jordan River into the, the land that God had promised for them. It, it's interesting because, because the Hebrew name of Jesus is, is the equivalent, is the English equivalent of, of Joshua. Jesus is seen as, the, as that new Joshua who will lead his people into the new land, into the coming kingdom. Right? That, that's, that's what he's doing. He's, he's, he's the Moses who delivers them out of slavery, but he's also the Joshua who leads them into the kingdom. Now, let's see how Jesus, the the light of the world, shines, as well as the responses from the darkness. Let me read you verses 18 through to 22. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Here we have the calling of four of the disciples. The response seems fairly radical, but it's not. A, I, want to, I want to just tell you that it's not a blind faith that's sort of exhibited here. Right, Jesus, as we've seen, has already been in the region and was preaching and teaching the gospel. The, the writer. The Gospel writer Luke actually associates their calling with a miraculous set of um, catch of fish, which is, which is mi- maybe what Matthew is alluding to when he says that James and John were, were mending or repairing their nets, perhaps from that miraculous catch of fish. These, these four fishermen had most likely seen the miraculous from Jesus and heard him teaching, and so the call to follow him has, has a little bit of weight behind it. The phrase, follow me, is, is literally, come and get behind me. Right, that's, that's what it would be translated literally in the, in the original language. The, the meaning is to follow but it, but in the larger context it's to become his pupils. Right? If if Jesus is the Messiah or or the or the king, the only position is, is behind him. The the invitation was was not to become his partners or part of a consultant board of advisors. I think that's often how, how we can look at Jesus. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll follow Jesus because I, I, need some, I need some better luck and, and perhaps he can give me a few pointers on life. No, no, he, he is king. And, and if you want him in your life, you have to get behind him and let him, let him lead as he has the authority over even our own lives. Now that that may seem like a scary thing, but consider that this king is also our creator. He made us, he he knows us, he knows how we're wired, and and he loves us so we can can trust him. And I'm I'm sure it was scary for for these four men, Peter, Andrew, James, and John right they were being to ask they were being asked to leave their their professions and and their families and homes for an extended period of time but they were going to undergo 3 years of training under Jesus to become in his words fishers of people just like how Jesus was was shining into their lives and and calling them and and would and would transform them, they would learn to shine the light of the, of the good news of Jesus Christ into the darkness of the world and catch people up into the kingdom of God. But even, but even though the choice to follow Jesus is, is a little frightening, the alternative to reject his call is even more frightening. Think think of what they would miss out on if they had rejected this call. And I'm I'm not I'm not talking about missing out on, on the popularity surge and and the excitement that, that would just that was just around him, but they would miss out on the person. They would miss out on being near Jesus. They would be given an opportunity later on, these disciples, to leave when Jesus began teaching some some hard things to understand and comprehend. But they refused to leave him. They knew he was the life they were searching for. He, He is the life we are all searching for. He says himself, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. One of the words that is striking in this passage is, is the word immediately. It's used twice. And it describes how these these four men responded right away. Before, before I was married, you know, I, I wondered... I wondered how in the world do you know if she's the one. You pr- you probably had that same thought if if you're married, you know, but before, or maybe if you're, you're you're single, maybe you're wondering the same thing right now if you desire to be married. It's 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 a it's a common question, and and I remember someone telling me you know an answer, and I think this was, this is probably a common answer. Well, you'll just know. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't give a lot of like peace when when it, you just know. That's all you're going to say? You'll just know? You know, they, they, had, they had heard of Jesus, these disciples, and they had seen him, and, and they had witnessed him doing amazing things, and when he called them, they just knew. They just knew. And that's why they acted immediately. Perhaps perhaps you're considering the person of Jesus and and his teachings and claims. You know, I'm I'm not asking you to rush a decision to follow him. But I am asking you that when you know, respond. Respond immediately. Because there's a a lot that will want to hold you back from following Jesus. Jesus. But don't let anything hold you back from the greatest treasure that you can ever possess in this life. Because it's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The the next paragraph tells us another way people respond to the light. And it's really not as a follower, although we do see that word follow again. it's, It's more of an admirer. Let me read verses 23 to 25. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. So we see a little more how Jesus, the light, shines, is shining into the darkness. Jesus goes all around the region of Galilee teaching in the synagogues. Now, the synagogues are meeting places for Jews to, to pray, to worship. And Jesus would go into these places and proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Right? That, that is, the kingdom is near because the king has come. And you need to turn and follow the king. He would do this by, by opening up the scrolls of the Old Testament, right? There's no New Testament yet. And show how they were pointing to him as the coming Messiah or King. He would also teach them about God and the kingdom of God, but but unlike the scribes, he would teach with his own authority. He didn't quote the current teachers of the day, right? Right? The, the current rabbis, that was, that was the popular thing. If there was a prominent rabbi, you quoted that rabbi in your teaching. He taught with his own authority, but that authority never went against the Old Testament writings, but instead shed further light on them. And we'll see that as we get into the, the famous Sermon on the Mount. But further, he was healing people with every disease and affliction. People would bring their loved ones who had diseases, pains, seizures, paralysis, and he would heal them. His authority extends to areas that a teacher didn't have. We also see that he had authority over the demonic as he healed those who were oppressed by evil spirits word had spread about Jesus and people were coming from as far as Syria, right? That's from, that's from the northern part above the Sea of Galilee. They were coming to hear him or to be healed by him. And Matthew describes many crowds following him. That's, 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 there's that word again, follow. All right, they, they see Jesus that light shining in the darkness, right? The, that, like that spotlight, it's got their attention. But it's the general crowd following now, not specific individuals like Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And when Jesus starts to teach some difficult things to these many crowds, the things that are hard to understand, They leave. They no longer follow. They will forget about the authority he has over all sickness and disease, and they will turn back and go their own way. Are you following the crowd and and its whims and trends that change like the wind? Or are you following Jesus, the person? That's still his invitation today, and and that's still a daily decision that you have to keep making. Here's, here's Here's the problem with light. Darkness doesn't like it. John says it like this in, in John's Gospel, verse, chapter 3, verse 19. People loved darkness rather than light because their works were evil. That, that's quite the verdict, but, it, but it's true. We, we don't like the light when we do something wrong because it gets seen and, and, we, don't, and we don't know what to do about it. Because, because that light just seems to only condemn us. Look what you've done. we can see it now. The reality, that reality, that condemning reality that we feel when, when the light shines upon us, when we do something wrong, that reality is why the cross is so beautiful to us as followers of Jesus. It was there that Jesus, the light, in whom there is no darkness at all, took on all our wrongs against others, and most importantly, against God himself. He took them all so we could walk in the light as he is in the light. He he gives us light in exchange for our darkness, through our faith, follow him. So when we walk in the light and and our wrongs get exposed, we can have a new response as followers of Jesus. We're no longer condemned. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Even if we feel that way, because we probably will, but it's not true. Because Jesus took our condemnation on the cross. We can have joy because we know we are forgiven. And because we don't have to try to hide anymore. Right? We don't have to hide because, because we know that we are, are delivered out of the same Darkness that everyone else is in. So we don't have to fake it. Because we're, we're all in that same predicament. We, we try to fake that we have it all together. And that we never mess up. And that's miles from the truth. I, I picture Christ saying it like this to us. I know you are in darkness. I came to take you out of darkness, into the light. And what you see in the light that you don't like, I took that condemnation away. So you don't have to live in regret any longer, but, be, but instead you can, you can move ahead in hope of the transforming work that I'm doing in you. Now, wouldn't it be great to do life with a bunch of people who believe that and encourage encourage each other in that reality? That's what the church is. That's what the church should do. It it seems risky to live in the light, but if we if we all do it together, it will be beautiful, and real. And attractive. And you won't want to live any other way. Even though it may be a bit messy. But it's worth it. To live in the light. Let's pray. Father, we we do pray that you would help us to desire to live in the light as Jesus is in the light. And that we may do it together as a church. That we may have fellowship with one another. Knowing that the blood of Jesus Christ has... Forgiven us from all of our sins. We're no longer condemned. And we have hope hope of being transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ and a hope of being completely transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your glorious Son. Thank you for his brilliance. May he shine brightly. Not only this morning to us, but each day of our lives. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.